Cost of living crisis cloud. On the cost of living and the rise in inflation. Inflation, cost of living crisis, all of that. Hello everyone, this is Daryl from the communications team. And as you've just heard and have likely experienced yourself, the cost of living crisis is in full swing here in the UK. In the first episode of our new series, which touches on the very subject, I caught up with Matt Smith, Head of Community Investment, and Gemma Glass, Head of Financial Inclusion here at Southern Housing, to talk about what we're doing to help residents during this testing time. Hello Gemma, hello Matt, welcome to the show. Hi Daryl, really nice to speak to you. Hi Daryl, nice to chat. How are our residents being affected by the cost of living crisis? It's a really big question and in so many ways really. Um, that's had a huge impact on our um, call volume um, for the staff in the last few days alone. We've got um, you know increases in the utility bills that everyone's feeling. Um, you know, Matt's got his smart meter that he's keeping an eye on to keep himself <laughs> his bills in check. But you know, we are all acutely aware of of the costs um, and and bills. Sadly, will by the sounds of it go up before they come down. Um, I just got a bill myself from um, our my EE contract um, and mobile phones and broadband are going up around 14%, which means typically if you've got a mobile phone contract around £35 that you're paying another fiver um, and broadband, you know, an average customer pays about 45 and you're being asked to find an extra £6.30. I could keep on throwing numbers at you, but the point being is that it's coming from all different angles. We've got, you know, travel costs, petrol, and then general food costs. So in so many ways, it's hitting our residents. According to the Resolution Foundation, we're just halfway through a two-year cost of living crisis. I think, um, you know, Gemma's painted a really bleak picture there because that that's the hard facts and figures when it comes to people's budgeting. But I think the other aspect of the cost of living crisis that's impacting not just our residents, but everyone is is the health and well-being factor. Um, you know, people can see that they're racking up debt. They're having to make really difficult decisions about whether to whether to buy food or to pay for heating or to replace, you know, essential items of clothing, school uniform. And the amount of stress and anxiety that that's causing, we're also seeing coming through. So as well as us being able to offer financial support, we're also having to deal with the stress, anxiety and some of the mental health problems that the cost of living crisis is having. And, you know, there's no quick fix to that. So we're acutely aware that, you know, we need to look at the complete situation that residents are going through and, you know, try and support them with their health and well-being, because if they're not able to think straight or it's causing problems within the household, in terms of relationships and people feeling extra stress, that's really counterproductive. And, you know, it then just becomes a vicious cycle. So, you know, I think for us, the cost of living crisis is more than just a financial one. It's, it's you know, the whole situation really that can affect a person in a household. So, um, yeah, we're acutely aware that it's it's a really difficult time for everyone at the moment. What help have we got available to aid our residents? So um, we've got a range of support available. Um, and um, I'll just kind of give you the headlines. So we've also got our financial inclusion support available, um, which is there really to help people maximise their income. So that's a really tailored service to support residents 
looking at their budgets, their income and expenditure, and trying where we can to help them maximise their income, whether that's through claiming benefits that they might be entitled to or helping people get grants, particularly for things like to help with their energy costs um, or to help them sort of address some of their debt issues by um, referring them to third parties who specialise in in supporting people with debt work. Um, we have a, a really good range of partnerships with agencies like Citizens Advice, which we know offer a fantastic service. So we really do work closely in partnership with the third sector to provide those complementary services. We offer digital support for people. Um, as Gemma mentioned, you know, the cost of being online is increasing and we know how important it is for people to be connected uh, to the digital world, whether that's through a smartphone or a tablet or laptop. So we're able to support people with um, with equipment, with training and with SIM cards and MiFi devices, because, you know, as expensive as it is, if you're not connected to the digital world, then life is even more expensive and inconvenient. So we recognise that that's an important area to be supporting people with. Then as part of our kind of financial support, we've got our hardship and our discretionary payment scheme support. Um, I'll let Gemma go into a bit more detail about the, the discretionary payment scheme in a moment. But the hardship scheme is really there to help people with essential day-to-day -day living costs. So whether that's utility vouchers, food vouchers, um, support with small appliances, white goods, clothing, essential travel. It's those things that you know people really do need on a daily basis that we are able to, to support with, with some short-term funding. Um, and then the, I guess the other area for us is um, employment, which you might think, well, how's that connected to the cost of living crisis? Of course, it's, it's helping people maximise their income by getting better paid jobs um, and moving them into to better kind of career progression opportunities, not just for the money, because there's a clear mental health benefit as well and self-confidence um, benefit to people securing employment. So that that's kind of our, our core services. Um, and we do want people to self-help where possible. And we've got a number of different platforms that people can use to self-help. Um, and um, I'll let Gemma perhaps talk a little bit about that and the DPS scheme. What's really, really important to point out is it doesn't matter um, what postcode that you live in, every single person who's a Southern Housing resident, um, no matter whatever legacy organisation, tenancy agreement, whatever um, people had, can access this fund. The cost of living has been the buzzwords of the moment, really, in the last at least six months or so. How do we see the situation regarding cost of living changing or improving in the future? I wish I had the answer to that one, Daryl. Um, there's, um, as, as we've said, the Resolution Foundation reckons that we're halfway through a two-year cost of living crisis. But something that Matt and I discuss in a lot of meetings that we have is that cost of living isn't, it's just a new buzzword at the moment. It's not anything new. People have always struggled. It's just on a huge or bigger scale affecting more people. Um, so it's just about you know, scaling up and making sure that we've got the reach to support as many people who need it as possible. Um, what I would say is that, you know, this might be a bit of a grim podcast to listen to. And, and Matt and I were discussing this before we came on to say, like, where where is that light at the end of the tunnel? And, and I think it's just about recognising that there's lots of support in-house, but also beyond us as well. So, We've got, you know, the local authority support schemes that are there. Um, we've also got, um, 
you know, the, the top ups that we've all been in receipt of um, for our, our fuel um, in the last few months. Yes, they're coming to an end, but there, there's talk actually just in the news today that potentially things could be extended. So it's about us um, as a one team approach, I would say, across sustainability, employability, all arms of the business, really making sure that we're communicating what offers are out there um, and, and what's right for each individual. So to answer your question, I don't think that there's there's like a you know there, there's not not any golden nugget that we can we can um, wave a magic wand and say look this is all fixed because it is bigger than any of us. I don't know if you want to add anything to that one, Matt. <laughs> I was trying I was trying to think of something kind of cheery to say, but I, I think it's important you know to to recognise where we are, and I think my view is it will probably get a bit worse before it gets better. Um, I certainly think there'll need to be an extension to the support that's available for people um, in different areas. So the household support fund has been extended a number of times, and I can see that being extended maybe for another another year, if not longer, because it, in a sense, it's great that people are able to access short-term support, but it's kind of masking the problem underneath. And my concern is when that short-term support runs out, how are people then going to cope? Um, because I can't see you know, the bigger economic picture changing too quickly. Um, so it, it is tough. And I think we've all got our own stories and examples of how we've had to make difficult decisions in terms of budgeting, things to cut back on. Um, and it, it's kind of a part of everyday life, a bit like we adjusted to COVID and being in lockdown, we're kind of having to adjust now to tighten the purse strings. And obviously for some people, then they've got some really difficult decisions to make. Um, so, you know, I, I think from our point of view, it's nice to be in a position that we are able to support people. Um, and we can see the, you know, the massive change that, that our support makes. And it's great that us and other social housing providers are here to do that, because without our support, then certainly our residents would would have one less avenue to to turn to, as it were, when when things do get tough. Um, there's a really good website that, that people can access um, that the government have set up and that kind of details in one place, all the different types of support you can get. Um, and the link for that is just helpforhouseholds.campaign.gov.uk. So I'd recommend that anyone go on that website, have a look at the different type of support that's available. There's different eligibility criteria, but really that's your one-stop shop to go and see what, what support is out there for you. Well, Gemma and Matt, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. We appreciate you sharing your insight into such a big topic in not only just the world at the moment, but of course for our residents. No problem. Thank you, Dale. Great to talk to you. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you to Matt and Gemma again for joining me today. To find out more about what Southern Housing is doing for residents around the cost of living, please listen to future episodes of this series. I'll be back soon with episode two.